Welcome to my podcast, Youthful Voices with Elaine. So today, as usual, we'll be talking about devolution. To see how devolution is being implemented in Zimbabwe and right now to see how we are progressing as a country as Zimbabwe. So a lot of um, provinces have received their funding uh, towards devolution. Though it seems like most of them, they are not really being transparent in terms of how their money is being used, especially that uh, devolution fund. So it seems uh, it's still an area of concern on how best uh, the people, the citizens can be able to know um, how their money is being used and how best they can be able to add their input in the issue of devolution. Because the reason why devolution is done is because it's a way of making sure that the community participates more in issues to do with whatever in issues of governance whatever that is happening in their communities they should be able to know what is happening in their area and um some articles have shown that um some councillors have decided to bring forward proposals to their local authorities uh that they themselves re- have written and these um you know Proposals they didn't even consult the community on what their devolution, uh, you know, the, the portion that they're supposed to get as a word is supposed to be used for. And this has been a challenge because some of the people they are rejecting on the projects that are now trying to be implemented in their areas because they're saying that this uh, project or this proposal was not even from us, the people. So, yeah, it's really um, an area of concern. So, with this, uh, with March being the Women's Month, the month whereby we celebrate the achievements that are done by women and uh, all over the world, to acknowledge and you know, pay respect to the contributions that women are doing in different communities, in different societies. I've decided that today, um, with this podcast, we'll do more of listening to what young people have to say, what young women have to say in terms of the celebrations of International Women's Day. And so today we're looking at their contributions towards... Um, you know what they think about the women's day are we there yet as women are we have we achieved what we want has the gender parity been realized has gender equality been realized we're talking about gender equality gender equity are we there yet as zimbabwe are we there yet as africa are we there yet as the world So today my guest is Diana Harawa from Harare. So yeah, she's my main guest for today. Uh, Diana, so now you can uh, introduce yourself. Thank you so much, Elaine, for creating such a great platform for us young women to discuss on issues that affect us on our day-to-day lives. My name is Diana Harawa. 
I identify myself as a feminist and of particular an eco-feminist. I believe women and nature, they are one. Once the environment has been endangered, we have also endangered the lives of women. Happy Women's Day to all the women out there. And today I'm going to send my discussion on climate change from a gender perspective. Thank you. I think it's, uh, thank you, Diana. And I think it's quite a um, good thing for you to, um, as a young woman, to identify yourself as a feminist. As many people have realized that uh, they don't really like being associated to associate themselves as feminists. So it's quite a good thing to hear a young voice, a young person identifying themselves as feminists and themselves managing to, you know, stand up and really be able to stand up for the environment and say something to do with the environment because looking at how the environment affects us as women. Thank you. So, Diana, why is it important to look at the issue to do with the environment through a gender perspective? Today's discussion is on climate change from a gender perspective. Climate change has become a new emergency that requires agency, as it has further increases the inequality gap between men and women. The way men and women respond to the climatic shocks and stresses are different. Women are affected the most because they rely on natural resources for their livelihoods, but they have limited capacity, limited knowledge, and limited technology to copy. The reason why we focus more on women is because of the structural imbalances that they face in terms of power relations and also in terms of decision-making processes. Okay, so Diana, looking at uh, agri- at the environment, how how does it really affect women in terms of their livelihoods, especially considering that most of the women are the ones who are responsible uh, doing most of the agricultural work, they are the ones who are doing the cultivation, they are the ones who are clearing the land, and especially in rural areas. How best can they be, you know, wh- what do you think about the areas to do with agriculture in terms of climatic change and how it's really affecting uh, the society and, you know, in terms of gender dynamics. With agriculture, agriculture is one of the most climate-sensitive livelihoods that women depend on. It is said on record that 60% of women in rural areas, they depend on rain-feed farming for their livelihoods. If we experience drought that year, it means their families, their households, their communities are going to be into deep poverty. And we know poverty exacerbates the inequality gap that is there between men and women as we witness young girls below the ages of 18, below the ages of 16, they're going to be married off because their families don't have enough resources to copy to the disasters. And also we witness that men, they tend to migrate to neighboring countries and they neither return war or send remittances. This therefore led to an increased phenomenon of female-headed households. No wonder is saying that the face of a woman is a face of poverty. Go on further to look at our national gender policy of 2016. It recognized that women are the most vulnerable to the impacts of climate change. Therefore, they need to be included and also participate in climate change negotiations. But we know that due to our patriarchal nature of Zimbabwe, Decision-making lies in the hands of men.
Due to time poverty, women do not attend to community meetings where decisions are being made. They spend hours looking for fuel, for firewood. They spend times looking for water sources. So decision making lies in the hands of a man and hence programs are shaped by a male-centric field. So, wow, this is quite a sad, only sad note because uh, considering that women are the larger population in, in, in Zimbabwe and in especially in rural areas and realizing that women are really the ones that are really being more affected with whatever that is happening in the country it comes to decision making and especially considering that they're not the ones who really own this land like you said that most of their men they travel like uh, going other places they go outside the country they travel to cities you know they 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 are not really at times not really there so this means that it's really an impact on women and you know how women survive as as a community and i think they should a lot should be done in that and now i'm posing a question to you the uh the audience to you the listeners to say how best can we be able as a country as a nation to involve women in decision making how best can we involve women and you know for them to be able to participate more in community issues for them to be able to participate participate more in uh issues to do with uh decision making development because these community development things that really just being done in the communities but having a woman failing to go to a community program or to a community meeting just because she has to go and fetch water just because she has to you know do the plowing just because she has to be in the farm at times it then just makes it you know really difficult for having a situation whereby we have decisions that are being made by men uh the decisions that men are making that will affect both men and women, including the children. And in this respect, it shows that uh, the way that are the decisions make be, are being made and even the policies that are being made in Zimbabwe, they seem to be more uh, patriarchal in nature because they are really being made by men. Women are not really being heard. The voices of women are not really being there. So what best can we do as a country and as a community to, you know, add the women's voice so that the women's voice can be able to be heard and the women's voice can be able to be seen in whatever policy that is being made how really women can be able to benefit and really say this and that policy uh, really speaks to us as women or this and that policy really speaks to us as a community and especially talking to the women and be able to talk to as well to the climate and to the issues to do with the environment so considering that um agriculture has been the backbone of uh, many communities many many nations uh, especially our country Zimbabwe we have seen that uh, since time immemorial even when we're doing history when you're looking at the the rosary the the times before them the rosary you know states the Mutapa states we're having women who were doing this agriculture who were practicing agriculture because I remember in school we were told that women had the responsibility like when we're doing doing like the you know, uh, roles and duties of who was doing what and what, you'd realize that women would always be doing agriculture since then. And up to now, women are still the ones who are responsible, especially with the farming and the, you know, the crops and, you know, 
this uh, cultivation part of it but how is it that up to now we still face a challenge whereby women still don't own the land women still don't get entitlements to this you know the, the practice of agriculture how is it that their farming is not really improving what what are really the challenges that women are facing so that it's you know making it a hindrance for women to advance more in terms of agriculture because from then I, I think they could have learned something from from you know a certain time a certain period but up to now we're still facing the same challenges i think that they would that that they were still facing back then and up to now at this in this modern age we're still facing the same challenges in terms of you know how women do their agriculture and how it's still affecting you know the production and the outcomes of agriculture so what do you think are the challenges that women are really facing in terms of agriculture the challenge that affects women is the issue of lack of knowledge you know within communities there is indigenous knowledge system which they've inherited from generations to generations but it is usually passed from father to sons and not from father to daughters so usually women they are not even aware they lack such knowledge on how to respond to disasters we also look to the issues of drought and shortages of water Women are the one that carries the burden of traveling further distance to collect water and at times they are forced to collect water from unsafe sources. So I think I've tackled much on issues of women to say that they are the most affected. So as an ecofeminist, what do you think should be the solutions towards all these you know, challenges and problems that we are facing as a country well, what do you think that we can do as a country so that we can you know improve our our agriculture improve the livelihoods of the women improve especially the livelihoods of people that are living in rural areas that are solemnly uh, relying on agriculture for survival and for their livelihood because i think um as an ecofeminist, you already have uh, the solutions that you think they can be able to help us as a nation, and that the kind of solutions that we can be able to use as a nation so that we can, you know, uh, alleviate ourselves from, you know, all these things that we are facing as a country. Because I think there's been a lot of um, disasters that are happening now in Zimbabwe, and uh, last year there was. Uh, another disaster this year we also face another disaster in Binga and this shows that the issue of climate change is honestly something that is real it's no longer something that we you know read in the uh, WAF textbook geography for a level but it's something that we are now re you know seeing you know firsthand no longer something that we talking about seeing from the foreign land but it's something that we are now experiencing firsthand as a country and as a nation so what do you think and be the solution so that we can be able to do with these issues because i think as a country we really need to you know take measures and do something in terms of how our nation and how our country can be able to progress in terms of this you know climatic changes and how to how can we really adopt to these climate changes because it's really becoming an area of concern we are losing lives we are living we are losing you know crops we are lo losing um animals like you know how then best can we be able to deal with this because in terms like this in a country like zimbabwe we can't really be losing you know livestock we can't really be losing um crops just because there was you know, due to these you know climatic changes but what do you think that we can do as a country so that we can you know 
uh, make use of the solutions to be a better Zimbabwe in terms of us managing issues to do with climatic change and you know it's in terms of how our environment is surviving and how best we can be able to deal with environmental issues in our country in terms of solution i think this need to construct more dams to ensure the availability of water both for drinking and also for irrigation and women they need to be part of the climate smart agriculture programs to ensure that they are aware of the early maturing seeds the issue of early planting also in terms of responding to disasters i need i think they need to be taught on coping strategies also the government need to invest more I know it requires a lot of funding, the issue of climate change, but they need, within their budget, they need to set aside funds to ensure that they address this issue of climate change. I also think due to the effects of Cyclone Idai, also the flood that have hit in Matabelele and South-North, I think it's now time as a country to come up with a resilient building strategy. I know we don't have such. I think it's now time we come up with that it offers an opportunity to reframe our challenges. Yes, us who are not within those provinces that are affected, we are just mere victims. But those that survive the disasters, they need to be at the center of responses to climate change. So yes, uh, this was um, today's podcast. And I'm just hoping you learned something and you enjoyed it. And... It seems like we still have a long way to go as Zimbabwe and, uh, you know, most African countries in terms of us dealing with the issue of uh, the environment and climate change, especially looking at it from a gender perspective, you know, seeing how really these issues to do with the environment are really affecting women and the community. So, yeah, there's still a lot that needs to be done because we're really trying as nations to develop. But if we fail to look at things from a feminist lens, from a gender lens, then as a nation we're going nowhere because we then fail to really look at, you know, the needs and how best we can be able to deal with issues that are affecting everyone, each and every patient. Uh, person in the country so yeah there's still a lot that needs to be done in uh, in our country so that we can be able to achieve that gender parity so yeah in terms of uh, celebrating the international women's day this is how i've decided to celebrate it having a guest diana so that we can be able to talk about youthful voices in terms of how the issues to do with the environment is really affecting us as women and how best we can be able to deal with these issues because honestly it's an area of concern and we really need to do something about it and yeah a lot needs to be done i think you have read it and i'm hoping in your own community and in your own way you can be able to start doing something start doing initiatives that you know ensure that there is a feminine voice there is you know gender voice there is you know gender uh, in issues to do with police making are there women voices are there voices of the uh, you know uh, underprivileged are there the voices of the community because this can be able to make sure that with these policies they can be able to really serve the community and really serve you know their purpose in you know ensuring a developed nation and a developed country and a happy and peaceful nation so yeah this has been the podcast with elaine and the music that i've been playing uh when the podcast started it's by chengeto brown 
the song is called Ndiniwacho and Ndie uh, Wacho, sorry. Yeah, it's called Ndie Wacho. And the song is, I decided to, you know, make use of a feminine voice, you know, celebrating uh, one of our own in Zimbabwe who's doing well in, in the, you know, musical industry. And yeah, she's quite doing well. And yeah. This is me celebrating uh, International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day to each and every woman uh, around the world. We are really doing a lot as women. We are really fighting and we are really standing for the best of the communities and for the development of our nation. Thank you.